Saturday at the Stork Club. You got it. Hello and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead Episode 2, Superheroes and Superheroines Need Love Too. I'm Sally. And I'm Ray. Okay. We're going to do this, aren't we? <laughs> we certainly are. This is week two. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I should mention perhaps that I do have a head cold and I will try to refrain from, you know, sneezing, but... I wanted to be here for our dear listeners, and this is a really cool podcast. I really enjoy uh, this particular topic, so here we are. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, not too bad. Choking on coffee, which is really glamorous, but mm-hmm. apart from that, absolutely fine. Oh, I will say it's a cold snap in the UK right now, so mm-hmm. I'm sitting here huddled up over a radiator. Yes, it is February 2nd, for the record, so anyone listening to this... It- 2019 February 2nd 2019 so it's uh it's it's been kind of crazy weather that whole polar vortex thing going on um fortunately I'm in South Carolina so we haven't really had to have a whole lot of that but I have we have friends that are in the far north and those temperatures just seem well horrible wretched yes um (laughs) there are a lot of pictures of things freezing inside so, I mean, yeah, I think oh, it would be really bad to be outside. And then I see the picture of, you know, the hinges freezing on the inside of someone's door. And I'm like, that seems worse than <laughs> that seems worse than just cold outside. Yeah, we did have but, snow this week, though. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, so I know. It's very rare to have snow right on the coast, as I am. But we had snow. It stayed for a grand total of about 26 hours. Mm. And now we just have blue skies and cold breezes so I'm, I'm feeling quite lucky <laughs> yeah yeah I would imagine so um we got we got pretty chilly but we didn't have any precipitation so yay no no crazy infrastructure stuff going on with us so it's good I think I, the entire state has four snow trucks so that gives you an idea of how often we actually have to deal with snow but. I think that's the number we have as well. Yeah. And <laughs> um, we do country. have to deal with snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So we're reading Ransom. Are we getting through it okay? I've actually finished it. I okay. finished it um, day two. Mm-hmm. I picked up the book and told myself I'm going to ration myself on mm-hmm. it. I'm just going to read it slowly. And by day two, I'd got to 400 pages, read the rest of it that night and started on in weird order, the se- the prequel, The Secret. Mm-hmm. Which and came out I- first, right? The Secret Yeah, came out it first. did. It came out in 92. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise I'd had my copy of Ransom since 99, so it's a grand total of 20 years old this year. Oh, my. <laughs> and it's falling apart, mm-hmm. but it serves me well, and I loved it. So I'm hoping that everybody else who's reading along with us is either well on the way to finishing it and falling in love with the characters or falling in love with them again. How about you? I finished it up. I finished it up, um, I think, yesterday. So it took me about, it took me several days. But I, I, I went ahead and read The Secret first. So I didn't, I started that one first, and then I, popped into ransom after i finished the secret and i also dove in a little bit to another one of hers that i really enjoy maybe my favorite julie garwood and so so i actually read about three sort of concurrently but i finished it up and i i do i do enjoy it i do enjoy it but i do have not criticisms but a little bit of critique you know so I think it's it's kind of fun to read it for a different purpose to read it sort oh, of as a as a book review or whatnot so I'm excited to to record next week and hopefully hopefully we have some folks reading along with us and if you want to get in touch with us and give us some suggestions on books we do have a twitter ISN romance on twitter so please um communicate with us and we also have a poll up right now uh, but it will probably not be up for long 
because it's up until tomorrow okay so it will be up until the uh 4th of february and we're asking about your favorite MCU romance couple. And that is our topic for today, MCU romantic stories. And I, being the Captain America stan that I am, um, wanted to start with Captain America. But I do want to add one thing in. Uh, Ray and I were talking, and <clears throat> I'm thinking that maybe it would behoove us and some of our listeners to define the word ship because we're going to kind of touch on shipping today and And it's it's not not something that goes in the sea yeah it's not a boat it's not a cruise ship um shipping is basically the (coughs) shortened word relationship and anytime you want to see someone who in a relationship with someone else that's sort it's low-key shipping right there is that fair ray yeah, I'd say so. I mean, in MCU, there are a number of legitimate canon. That means ships that are confirmed mm-hmm. in the films and the comic books. And obviously, there's also fanon, which is those that are confirmed in fan fiction and fan forums. And we're looking at the canon ships today. Okay. We will definitely touch on Fanon at some point, but not today. Because yes. the list is pretty endless. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, so we our first ship today, one that I actually will probably sail into the sunset, is Captain America and Peggy. And unfortunately, they are star-crossed lovers, um, depending on how you look at it. And Ray, how do you feel about Steve and Peggy? Um, Steve's mine. Um, (laughs) Especially in his suit from Winter Soldier, he's mine. But um, as relationships go, I think that Steve and Peggy are pretty tragic. Not tragic in a bad way, but tragic in the way that you know that because of the way his story is going and the way that their stories don't gel. If you watch um, Agent Carter on ABC when it was on television, you know that she has a few other relationships along the way and she ends up married to somebody else completely. So there is that element of really sad. They were meant to be together, but circumstances didn't allow it because, of course, he sailed off into, well, he flew off into the Wabalu yonder and then crashed into an iceberg. Mm-hmm. So it could be um, Jack in Titanic sinking into the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> he would have fit on that door, by the way. But anyway, that's not I know. <laughs> oh, that's another one for a, another day. But I agree with you. He'd have fit on that door. And yeah. Mythbusters actually did an episode on it. And he would have fit on the door. And the door would not have sunk. So just saying. Um, <laughs> Rose... You vicious bitch. Okay. Yeah. So, one of tighter credit. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Off track there a little bit. Steve and Peggy. Apologies. Steve and Peggy. Steve and Peggy break my heart so much. And especially, you know, when he comes back and he has to say goodbye to her and bury her. And she doesn't really even remember the time being having passed because of her her um, Alzheimer's stroke dementia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it's just it's tragic and it makes me just oh, every time I think about it but they that is very much a romantic story within the MCU and it's and I think our main point here today really is to sort of point out how romance is a through thread in something that a lot of folks are like, oh, it's just a superhero movie. Well, superhero movies do have other universally recognizable tropes, especially to women who, or to anyone who is interested in romance and who's been exposed to romance. They see it, they get it. Um, even though it's, it's uh, subtle enough that, uh, some folks can just pretend it's not there and, and it just 
soothes the savage beast need for explosions or something i guess i don't know car chases yeah car chases big guns so on and so forth there's nothing wrong with that but there's also something in there for romance lovers who who are there maybe for the car chases as well but yeah so all right so steve and peggy we started with them because uh, chronologically speaking this is a 1940s era pairing so we started with that and so let's move on to thor thor and jane yep we can do though chronologically it would next be iron man i'm um, sorry <laughs> that's fine doesn't matter they're both kind of at the same time yeah. um thor and jane they are I think if you watch the films, you'll watch it. Um, a lot of people were, uh, was that really necessary? And I know that quite a few people I spoke to, especially my younger nephews, were quite relieved when Jane wasn't in the third one. <laughs> but that's just because Why? they're teenage boys. They're teenage boys. That I think that's the whole explanation. She wasn't necessary to the story, unfortunately, because um, with Jane comes one of my favourite characters in thor um but thor and jane's love story is again like Stephen peggy's pretty star-crossed mm-hmm. they you know that she's going to die long before he is and also he's not on earth all the time he mm-hmm. spends a lot of his time through across the galaxy in asgard and with his dad dying spoiler if you haven't seen ragnarok um with his dad dying he's going to be the one in charge if he can persuade loki off the throne so their story was really sweet i have Mm -hmm. to say it was sweet it was also incredibly quick Mm -hmm. because they met and five minutes later they're all over each other and that's one of the things i think you can tell it was not the the story of their romance wasn't necessarily a big theme that they needed, but they wanted her tied into the storyline. It happened for me too quickly. It was like reading a 70-page Mills and Boone. See, what do you think? I'm, look, I'm remembering back to the first Thor. And to me, I didn't have quite that same objection. I mean, it's pretty clear that it was not a female writer. I would say I, I, it didn't look like a, and maybe it was a female writer. I need I need to go back and check, but it maybe felt a little rushed. But I what it didn't bother me because, you know, he had been hanging out with them for some time before any sort of kiss or anything like that. So that didn't really bother me so much. Um, it was written by two men. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe I just accepted it because of the genre and thought, okay, it's fine, right? Um, there was no slow burn. Right, and, but it doesn't have to be, does it? No, but it would have, I think, with their story being as intense as it was, and she, if you look at the second film, she'd almost sort of not quite given up waiting for him after two years. So you're saying it was a little too intense for what it was. I, I, I could yeah. kind of believe that, I guess. It's tricky. It's tricky. It is very tricky. I'm not sure exactly what to think about it, but I, I find that one a little tricky. And in the end, I find it very sad again because Starcrossed. And, and for me, it's another another demonstration that if you're truly star-crossed you can actually never be together not not truly so that makes me a little sad but you know and then do we have anything else we want to say about those two um no i think it was quite sad it would be very very nice to find out what happened or what happens with jane post snap Mm mm-hmm does she survive? Did she survive? We know right. if anybody is out there reading spoilers. So here's another spoiler alert. We know that Selvig and Darcy both survived the snap because they're doing research into how to prevent it. If you read the pre-Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. comic book, not that I have or anything. Um, <clears throat> I plead innocence. Uh, sorry, I'm still choking on my coffee. Yes, coffee. Um 
but um so we know that they survived but did jane Mm. and if she did is thor still thinking about her now it's been what five years since she was involved in the films i don't i can't remember i'll have to look it up i i don't know i i don't i i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 a tr- like it is, it is a tricky one. Okay, so then there was one other romance that we wanted to touch on in Thor, and this one is uh, so quick you might miss it. Darcy and Ian the intern. I like to think Fanon on this one because I always look at Ian and think, "Ooh, you're a little bit slimy, greasy, you're Hydra." Um, but I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the fan fiction reader in me coming uh-huh. out. Uh-huh. However. There's literally was a flash in the pan, blink and you'll miss it in Thor The Dark World when they're doing everything to prevent something happening during the convergence and he saves her life and she ends up, she's the one that takes charge and Uh is the one that does the swooping down and carries him over and kisses him. And But the minute she's seen, it's all dropped and nothing else is mentioned. And I do wonder if they'd been brought back for another film if we'd have heard anything about it you know my thought process is no to me that just felt like a fun thing to do in the in the cinema in that moment like the cinematic post 1940s kiss yeah it's it's a fun it's a fun moment and it's just not one that necessarily needs repeating and not every on-screen kiss has to be epic and wonderful, you know. So perhaps that's... And not every on-screen kiss has to lead somewhere. So I... I, I Again, it was nice to see her maybe take the lead on that instead of him. And But he did save her life, which was awful nice of him. So I, I just <laughs> am not... <laughs> it's like, meh, what ifs, you know. Yeah, so, as I said, flash in the pan. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so then we have... I am Iron Man. Sorry. (laughs) She's actually doing the actions. I can see her on camera. (laughs) (sighs) So this is a boss and assistant trope, but the assistant actually runs the show, right? Yeah, she's power. She is power suits. And we're talking Tony and Pepper, by the way. Tony and Pepper, Tony and Pepper. And she's the one in the heels. (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly and but you know what with that boston assistant trope unless you're talking about old school you know mills and boone 19, or Harley, yeah uh, generally the assistant is running the show right oh yeah i think that pepper is completely in charge she's the one in the first film you see her really coming out of her shell she knows what she's doing and then tony obviously gives her the run of the company because mm-hmm. in Iron Man 2 he's aware that he's dying uh-huh. and she really does just run with it she uh-huh. takes charge she is she's even in charge of their relationship I mean when you look at uh-huh. the whole dynamic between them in Avengers uh-huh. when Coulson shows up with the Avengers brochure um, books and everything else and says oh we need you and they're talking about how she only owns 12% of the building. I was having 12% of a moment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's incredibly in charge and she knows which buttons to press at the right time. Uh-huh. So she's not going to accept the kind of rubbish that other women have accepted from him just because of who he is. And, and I and occasionally he needs take it. out the trash. <laughs> And he needs that from her, I think. Mm-hmm. I like the dynamic that those two have as a couple. Yeah, even though, yeah. And, and you know what? It even goes down to her wearing the heels and being taller than him. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of funny. Because very often you get the, you know, tall man and the shorter woman who's he's big and he can protect her. But no, she's taller than him, which is kind of a fun thing to look at sometimes. And she does even save his life. Mm-hmm. In Iron Man 3, she saves his life. Mm -hmm. And she's all about those suits. Mm -hmm. She's all about the power. Mm -hmm. But she's not so power hungry that it destroys the relationship that they have. And Mm -hmm. he's confident enough in himself Mm -hmm. that he doesn't mind. And he probably needs a stronger woman. 
Right, 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 right. Of course, of course. So he gets on the, well, we're going to have to have spoilers for Infinity War. So he gets on the ship after they've been talking about her engagement ring and they had a dinner plans and he he calls her and is like, I'm going to have to push dinner. And, and then of course in the trailer for Endgame, he's recording a, a presumably a last message for her. I don't, I don't think that that is a last message, but presumably that's what it's presented <laughs> as, right? Is that wishful thinking? No, I really don't think it is, but I mean, that's just pure speculation on my part. But my point though is even in his last, what should be, or what appear to be his last moments, who he's, who is he thinking of? He's thinking about Pepper Potts. Yeah, right. but he was doing that in Avengers. Right. When he was flying the nuclear missile through the portal. Right. He was calling her. Right. He was desperate to speak to her. Uh-huh. Yeah, even though it's, should I call Miss Potts? Well, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he's... And she doesn't get the phone call, which is terribly tragic. And um, and then with with this one where he's recording, again, what could be his final moments. I don't think they are. But what could be his final moments, he's recording and he wants to talk to her. And I just think that that's terribly sweet. And I think it speaks to their relationship and how and, much he loves her. But at that point, her. does he even know if she's survived? It doesn't matter. But do we know if she survived? No, I don't think we do know. Or I don't know. I haven't been, no. I, I haven't looked. Um, so I would, again, but I think that doesn't really matter though. I think he has to, he, in his head, she had to have survived. It's his hope. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's important there. Because I mean, he had, you know, He's just had someone die in his arms. That means quite a bit to him. And then, um, or at least disappear in his arms. And so, I think that was the saddest death scene in the whole thing for me. Yeah. That, and, and oof, I hate that movie. Oh my gosh. I just, <laughs> I am. Oh dear. We've sourced it now. <laughs> I am a happily ever after girl. This movie was not my jam. And I have a feeling that Endgame is not going to be my jam either because I have a feeling they're going to do away with my favorite character and I'm not going to be able to handle I'm not going to be okay. Period. I'm not going to be okay. I'm eagerly waiting for the day my cinema, local cinema, releases the midnight showing tickets and I will be the first one to buy my ticket and my seat. <laughs> and I've actually booked a week off work. <laughs> a week? <laughs> I have booked a week off work because it's being released in the UK on the 26th of April. And what day of the week is that? A Thursday. Well, so that's it's when it's released a... here. No, it's released for you on the 27th. But it'll come out on Thursday. Like, I'll go see Thursday yeah. at 6 o'clock or 6 or 7 in the evening. And I'll be seeing it on Wednesday at, well, Wednesday through Thursday at midnight 01. I can't wait. And I'm so happy that I got my holiday approved. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, I'm, okay. I'm having my little, my geek squeeze of pleasure right there. Because nice. I go and see all of them when they start, when they show at midnight. Even if I have, even if I've been at work all day, I will still go. <laughs> hey, no judgment. I mean, at the end of this year with episode nine, Star Wars episode nine... The first showing I can get into will be the first showing I will be at. <laughs> um, and that's a future talk coming up. Yes, yes, we are going to talk Star Wars and on love stories in Star Wars because Star Wars is Star Wars is tragic romance all over the place. Okay, so um, I think we've already kind of said what we like about this this one. We what, have. Is there something we don't like about it, or are we good? I mean, I, I, there's nothing I really I, dislike. I, I, I wish he made her more of a priority, but I, I don't know. I wonder if he's going by example on that one, though. 
Right. And, and I kind of feel like... never been a priority. But the other thing is he is a priority... I think he's trying to prioritize her, especially in the last one in Infinity War. He's trying to prioritize her and he has every... But then it's like save the world. And, and you know, if he hadn't done what he did, well, nothing would have changed. <laughs> That is that is sadly true, but she did encourage him to go and do it, even though she'd been the first person to say, "Look, this has got to stop. It's gone too far." She was, she was like, "You better not be on that ship, Tony." But when Strange comes to collect him, she tells they're arranging their dinner, and she says, "You better go with him." Okay, okay. So it is a, it is a joint decision yeah okay but i do think he's learned by example his parents relationship was i mean his his father was a lot older Mm -hmm. when tony was born because if you go by the movie timeline he was born in 1970 and his dad was around and an adult in the 1940s so his father was a lot older right 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 and obviously his mum would have had to be much younger than that to have a child mm-hmm. in 1970. Okay. That's fair. That's fair, I think. Okay, so, all right. What else from Iron Man? Um, I don't think there's anything. I love, I have to say, that Iron Man, the original film, is still, though I love Steve Rogers, is still my favourite MCU. Okay. Of all time, yep. It huh. really is. <laughs> not mine but okay cool <laughs> everyone's different exactly exactly no no uh i'm not judging <laughs> i get it <laughs> ship and let ship and, and enjoy the movies you enjoy okay so are we going to move on to ant-man then yep i think we can so i rewatched ant-man and the wasp yesterday in anticipation of seeing or doing this podcast this morning and Scott and Hope, what thoughts do you have on Scott and Hope? Jealousy. There's a massive, like, um, as with Tony and Pepper, there is that balance of power, but they seem to share it equally. With Scott and Hope, there is a clear differentiation between the powers that they have. Hope is, they're both incredibly intelligent but hope's in charge 100 percent um hope hope is in charge absolutely i would agree with that uh i don't know if um this this relationship doesn't really move me it's not i don't think it's one that is very very clear the relationship between lewis and scott is far more apparent than the one between hope and scott mm-hmm. and of course scott's absolute adoration of captain america <laughs> right well I mean, you can blame him but um miss captain america mm-hmm. i would uh, yeah it just isn't it is not a romance that like fires my imagination period i mean it's there clearly but it is just not one that makes me go oh let's pay close attention ooh i'm going to root for them i don't it just it doesn't it doesn't move me which it was almost like it was <clears throat> very unimportant it is it truly a secondary kind of thing right yeah his relationships with other characters like his daughter, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. even his ex-wife's fiance and his friends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. were far more important than his relationship with Hope, which almost disappeared in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And mm-hmm. it was very, very much like Darcy and Ian's flash in the pan, mm-hmm. adrenaline kiss. That's all you saw of it in the first one. Right. Makes me a little sad. Like I, I, I want, I want him to have this happily ever after. But at the same time, I'm like, well, honest, honestly, his happily ever after might be with his daughter. <laughs> you know, just 
that might be the most important relationship in his life. And that, and that's yeah. totally fine. And in a lot of ways, I think you, your relationship with your kids should be the most important relationship in your life. But, but I would like for him to have a romantic relationship. I just don't necessarily see it happening. Yeah, I think you're right. So, and if it's one of those things you think, well, it'd be really nice if he met the one, mm-hmm. but maybe he's not meant to. Oh, sad. I know, but it happens. Yeah, but I like my romance to be, like, grand and happily ever after. Maybe his happily ever after is with Cassie. I, I, I get that, but I still want him to have, like, a <laughs> girlfriend. Okay, anyway, let's move along. Let's move along. Uh, Black Panther and, you know, Koye and Wakabe, actually, this one hurt my feelings. Theirs was an interesting, yeah, interesting relationship. Yeah. I think that she was incredibly loyal to her king and mm-hmm. her kingdom, mm-hmm. and he was very much in it for himself. He was quite selfish, I think. But he was also in it for her. But only when she put sort of almost held a, a spear at his throat and said, "Look, um, you'll have to go through me." Before that, he was, I'm going to support whoever's in power rather than actually make the right decision for us. Okay, fair, fair. I was sad for her. Yeah. I was sad for her with that relationship. And then T'Challa and Nakaya. um, Their relationship confused me, but mostly because I read the comics and he ends up with Storm. What now? He marries Storm. Like X-Men Storm? X-Men Storm. Read the comics. I don't have time for all that. (laughs) He ends up married to, at one point, he's married to Aurora. He's married to Storm. Which is why it's very, very interesting that now Fox has been purchased by Disney because I wonder if they're going to go down that path at some point. Keep my fingers crossed. You don't suppose I quite like they'd think... make Nakaya storm, do you? Mm, I hope not. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. But, but that having been said, Disney, of course, bought Fox because they want all of your money. Oh, yeah. Well, they can have it. (laughs) (laughs) Take my money. Yeah, take my money. I'll throw it at you. You can quite happily have my spare five pounds. (laughs) Take my money. Take my money. So there wasn't a whole lot of... of, Trying to think how to put this. There wasn't a lot of direct romance in Black Panther. It's very under the radar, I would say. Like, you know these people are in relationships or have had relationships before. But it's all kind of flying under the radar. And they those relationships tend to serve the purpose of the greater plot. Which I would yeah. contend in a movie like The Black Panther, it that's what they need to do. And, and, and these relationships do need to serve the greater plot. So I don't have a problem with, with either of them. I, I liked seeing that that the king doesn't get everything he wants. That's Oh nice. yeah, that was definitely good. That's a good thing. He, yeah. he didn't need to get everything he wanted. I mean, it ended relatively happily for him in the respect of he won his kingdom back and he right. had the respect of his peers and, and everything else. And he had else. her respect too. Um, yeah, exactly. But, but she still went off to do her own thing. Right, and so she's not subordinated to him and that's a nice that's a nice thing to see in a movie like this so I really and the other thing is like with Okoye and Wakabe that is obviously a relationship of equals yeah I don't think I'd want to um fight her on anything right (laughs) physical equals but also I think emotional equals in terms of and if anything she's a little bit superior to him emotionally speaking but because she's much more steadfast, but but she, yeah, these these are these are good relationships I think to see. So I, I I like the way Black Panther handled romance 
for the audience. Just... Yeah, it wasn't slammed in your face mm-hmm. as a this is the core focus of the film right. or anything. It was just these these are interesting plot points and they have right. a bearing on the storyline as general. Yeah, and I, I, I like that. And I think that probably actually helps them. And just real quick, Black Panther was the first superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture. Yep, so it that's, is. Um, that's no matter what you think should win that's that's history making right that they're they've not... been nominated for a few more as well and i think, I think that like six and infinity wars have been nominated for one as well i believe right but not best picture no I think black it's... panther has been nominated for best picture but it's it's going up against a fair few other films like yeah. a star is born and green book and awesome. the favorite <clears throat> And also Black Klansman. I don't. Is that has that been nominated for Best Picture? I thought it was. I can't remember, I but may, I don't think I it's going have... up against a few. I happen to know that at least one actor in Black Klansman is, you know, up for a Oscar nod. Can't imagine why I would know that. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody is the other one. Yeah, Black Klansman, The Favourite, Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Panther, Green Book, Vice, A Star is Born, and Roma. And Roma is Alfonso Cuaron, who directed the third Harry Potter film. Oh, okay. So, I don't know that it's going to win, but it, it did get nominated, so it's just worth noting. Um, I think that Bohemian Rhapsody stands a really good chance of winning this year, but that's just my personal feeling as I went and saw that and cried. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no oh no sang okay. along to all the songs and cried so oh, no. i did pretty well <laughs> okay um all right so let's move along if you don't mind to guardians of the galaxy and we have peter and gamora what do we think about this one interesting very very slow burn romance Mm -hmm. which ends as anybody who's seen all of the um avengers films and the mcu in general knows ends incredibly tragically because peter is so ruled by his emotions he is he is definitely the emotional one of the two gamora Uh is very very logical uh-huh. She allows her emotions to get control just a tiny bit. Uh-huh. And you can see when she cries that she does have feelings. But ultimately, Peter is the incredibly emotional, rather illogical, driven by his feelings, mm-hmm. one of the two. I actually got quite angry with him, I have to say. I know that a lot of people were, oh, but it's his emotions, blah, blah, blah. If he'd not allowed his emotions to get so much control, things wouldn't have happened the way they did. But that's my personal feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I can't disagree with you. <clears throat> I can't disagree with you. But I also have to say that I, I really hated that movie. So I've tried to block out large swaths of it. And I remember that Peter's emotionality, or is that a word? Um, I remember that Peter's emotions did get the best of him. But I do remember also that he did what he promised. He did try to kill her like she asked. And but he waited too long. Right, but he did do that. And so she goes to her death knowing that he he would keep his word. Yeah, that is fair. And um and and I guess this at least in theory is another one of our star-crossed, but the truth of the matter is with both Peter and Gamora gone, I mean, I don't imagine that Peter wanted to live without her. I don't which takes us to another of the couples that we're going to be talking about at yeah. some point soon. Yeah. So I, I just, <clears throat> I, I just, yeah. <laughs> um, it's another one with a really strong female in the pairing. And I enjoy that. I really do. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't aspire to be Gamora, but no, I think Peter was the comic relief. 
Very true. But and Gamora, though, is not even so deep down. She is a good person, and I appreciate that. So maybe she not has good, a, but she she will she does have a core of of core sense of right and wrong. How's that? She has a core yeah. sense of right and wrong, and she does typically follow that. And even it gets tricky, but yeah. Okay, so romance-wise, though, I as a couple, I actually like them. I really do. So, they just make me smile. <laughs> it's crazy or not, but they make me not smile. Not So, you know, it's just my thought there. And and you know what? If a couple makes me smile, I'm okay with them. I like. I also like a couple that makes me cry, though, because it means that I'm feeling something. <laughs> I just I I admit I freely admit I will read a book or watch a film or listen to music and cry. I'm perfectly confident in my emotional levels well, that I am massively over emotional. <laughs> I can be. That's for darn sure. But I just as a in my romance I like happily ever afters, and and this one is obviously not falling under that category none of these are have you noticed none of these are i know none of these... well anyway. we don't know they might some of them might end up happily ever after i mean tony and pepper might get together and go off into the wild blue yonder together and ignore the avengers and just move on with their lives with a massive engagement ring and a huge great big wedding ring you never know hmm. maybe. maybe he might hang up his suit Maybe. All right. Well, let's move on then to Doctor Strange. This one is kind of a... You don't see it at all in in the later film, right? You don't see it at all in... Nope. He alienates her. He pushes oh. her away. And I have to be honest, out of all the films in the MCU, this is 100% my least favorite. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Actually, I do. I just didn't like the film at all. I it was the I think it's the only one of the MCU films that I went and saw three weeks after release because I had so little interest in it that I was essentially oh yes of course I'll take you to see it with my nephew because I really had no interest at all. I can't speak to it because I don't remember it very well. So <laughs> that in and of itself should tell you something about the depth of what Interest. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then let's go to um, Infinity Wars, Vision, and Wanda. This was sad. Oh, but it was also so really odd. Because he really is a robot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so he's got an infinity stone, which gives him abilities and things. But he is, to all intents and purpose, a robot. So the relationship seems really odd to me. It's tragic, but then in my brain, she's very young. So it's almost like puppy love. But it's become so intense because of the situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. And the ending for them was so sad. She's mm -hmm. another one, like Peter and Gamora, where they didn't want to live without each other. She couldn't stand the idea of being without him. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if you've seen Infinity War, you'll know that she isn't. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to... Okay, he is he is an android, right? He is a robot. But then you start digging in the question of sentience mm -hmm. and all that jazz, which is really kind of a tricky thing that I I had to do an entire podcast, a different podcast, on Battlestar Galactica and and one of the big questions in that whole podcast was, you know, where do you cross the line from robot to, like, where does AI cross the line from AI to, to just I, right? Where, when, 
And so I think with this one, we have to view it through that same lens. And I just don't want to dig into that here. Um, (laughs) Oh, God, it would be so complicated. I don't want to dig into that here. But I would say that the emotions that they exhibited for one another appeared to be very genuine. And whether it's puppy love or not, those emotions appear to be very genuine and they appear to really love one another. And, and I can understand why she would be so intent on him, given what she's been through. And yeah, it's almost as though she lost her brother and then this being who needs her. Right. Is there. However, if you look at what happened in Civil War, where she sends him soaking through the building so she can escape with Clint, mm-hmm. it's almost like, well, I value my freedom more than I value our romance at that point. And then they're meeting mm-hmm. up in Scotland so that neither of their teams actually know what they're doing. Mm hmm. And putting themselves in danger to be together. Which speaks to how how quickly... Things changed. Well, that and he forgave her. Yeah. And it wasn't like she wanted to do that. And I think he knew that as well. And I think, too, with that mind stone, he could probably do a little bit of mind reading. So... <laughs> um. Oh, you're annoyed at me. Let me just figure out why. Yes. I bet a lot of wives wish their husbands could do that occasionally. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. no or rather, a lot of husbands wish they could do that occasionally. <laughs> That's what my husband wants. And no, I don't want him to. No. Uh-uh. I want him to to hear what I have to say, not what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> one would probably get you put in prison. No, no. But divorced. <laughs> What is this when you're watching The Winter Soldier and First Avenger? I mean, very often he'll be like, I just want you to say what you're thinking. I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) Because the brain mouth filter is engaged for a reason, my friend. I just, if I just said the things that sometimes I think, oh my sweet baby Jesus. Okay, anyway. Um, Yeah, this was a very, this, this, another romance that I, I, it did not bother me. It made me very sad the way they both passed away, but it is what it is. So we want to talk about how to do romance wrong. Oh yeah, definitely. There are a few examples. These are obviously our own opinions. However, forums and reviews and things have backed us up on at least one of them. And that is um, Age of Ultron. Um, Bruce and and Natasha, dear God, what were people thinking when they thought that was a good idea? That was Who wrote disaster. That movie? Um, I think it was Joss Whedon. <sighs> Joss, what were you doing? Seriously, hold on, um, I'm going to look that up because I need to know who'd be mad at. <laughs> um, so it was Age of Ultron. It was indeed. I I really had this horrible feeling. It was Joss Whedon. Um, And if it was, he really was making a massive mistake on several levels with that film. One of them was Bruce and Natasha. And another was... Apparently Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon and, yeah, it was Josh Whedon. And not only that, they did get something massively wrong because um, Ultron was actually created by Hank Pym. But that's another thing that we don't really need to talk about. Yeah, Yeah, movie Movie canon. But Bruce and Natasha, no, why? Seriously. (laughs) This is something I think a lot of people agree on, and I know that Sally and I agree on it. It was just wrong on so many levels. Okay, I think this is another one of those, if a, if, if a woman who knew anything about romance had been writing this, or anyone who knew anything about romance had been writing this, they wouldn't have written that. Yeah, but you say that, Joss Whedon did very, very well with um, Buffy, Spike, Willow, Angel. Did he write all of those? He wrote a lot of it. But they were he... his creation. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, Marty Noxon had quite a lot to do with it in later and sort of mid-seasons, but Joss Whedon was the creator, and he didn't do too badly with 
those particular shows. It's just when you came to, I mean, he gave us all that promise. And this takes us to what could have been, but he gave us all that promise in Avengers Assemble with Nat and Clint. That was, for me, it was the perfect underlying UST, I'll do okay, anything for you, romance. Let's, let's go back to Brutasha real quick. Let's go and back to Brutasha real quick. Yeah. Because Brutasha, it just didn't, I mean, for me, it just came out of nowhere. I mean, yes, she goes and gets him right? She's the one who yep. goes and gets him out of India or whatever. And she's also the one stuck on the boat in the um, in the sort of the stock area on the boat on their ship when right. Clint attacks the sh- um, the airship right. originally. Right. And but that is, that's no reason to throw us that romance. I mean it, it, Mess. It's, it is an absolute mess. I mean, I was like, what is that? What, what in fresh hell am I watching? And, and, and if they had kept it more low key, then I could have ignored it and pretended it wasn't there and just said, I just don't see that. But they kind of had, that's to, not there. That's yeah, not happening. They had to throw it in our faces so people would pick it up. And I was like, why, what, what, who? Say what now? Why? Yeah, yeah why are you doing this to me? And so I did not like that one at all, and it just was poor, poor, poor. Yeah, my immediate poor. thought when I saw the whole, oh, it's time to put him to sleep now, and everything else, and then of course he came back in um, Infinity War, and it was as though the relationship had never happened. But it had, so there was that underlying tension between them. And my immediate thought was, can you not just pretend that entire mess never occurred in the first place and Mm -hmm. ignore Age of Ultron even happened? Because just no, really just no. I, I went out, I remember going to see it in the cinema and came out thinking, why did they do that to them? And then they introduced, of course, they introduced Laura. Laura Barton and my mm. my first thought and it's a very popular meme is oh he didn't tell us he had a sister mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was huge wishful thinking <laughs> uh-huh. yeah oh god um <laughs> so you're talking about Clint and Laura yes okay <sighs> my immediate thought was that's his sister right mm-hmm. because because the thing is I guess we're going back to what could have been on this one. And I think I reacted so poorly to, to Brutasha because Clint and Nat didn't have to say a single word to each other that was romantic in Avengers Assemble, but it was just so clear that they were in a relationship, right? And if someone had said to me after that movie, oh, they're married, I'd have actually believed it. It wouldn't have even crossed my mind that that wasn't true. And for me, when they, when she said something about her best friend, I was like, okay, that felt shoehorned in there because like you're having to tell the audience that this is a platonic relationship. That means you're doing it wrong. You're, you're, you are missing something because that relationship between Nat and, Clint was so good that if you have to tell me that they're just best friends, I don't believe you. I don't believe you because that's not that. Nope. It's like you don't have to be told that Bruce and Tony are really good friends mm-hmm. by the time we get to Age of Ultron, because the the bromance that they have between them, the same with. Um, Bucky and Steve is so palpable. Right. You can tell that they've got really good friendship chemistry. They joke around and they laugh. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nat, Nat and Clint, when she was when she punched him and she was nursing him back to health after the whole invasion and they took him captive and managed to reprogram him, there was something Cognitive there. Recalibration. Yeah, her, yes, the cognitive recalibration. There are a few people I'd like to do that too, and one of them was Joss Whedon after Age of Ultron. Um, but 
that was they had such palpable chemistry and it wasn't friendship for me mm-hmm. exactly it just it never crossed my mind that they were just friends like th- that does not look like a friend's relationship to me um and so yeah just ew on on nat and bruce and and yeah if you i'm just gonna say it again if you have to tell me that they're best friends i don't believe you anytime someone says has to tell me oh we're just friends Mm -mm, i don't believe you Mm -mm. yeah we just we think he doth protest too much exactly that 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 i don't believe you period and um I, that's all I can say to that. So, um, yeah, that's problematic. Um, then you had another one that just didn't work for you, which was no, it, it was, um, that kiss. And if you've watched civil war, I think you'll probably know I'm referring to the very, very awkward kiss between Steve Rogers and Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Agent 13. Mm-hmm. I watched that and I cringed. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like, no, it's almost just so wrong. Mm-hmm. Partially because I think we know that she's Peggy's niece mm-hmm. and partially because it seemed so contrived. It was unnecessary to the story. Mm-hmm. He could have just said he was thanking her for all the help she'd done and plants one on her that was so unnecessary. I sat there thinking, ugh. And I'd never think that if I were in her position, but I watched that and thought, oh, God, that's no. That's just not what I wanted in this film. And it was not needed. Mm -hmm. My feelings were... It was almost incest. It was kind of that awkward, I'm kissing you because I feel I have to and my friends are watching rather than I'm kissing you because I really want to and I fancy you. He didn't ask her out for dinner or anything else. He just kissed her and have coming so soon after Peggy's funeral as well. It just felt wrong to me. I didn't have quite the visceral reaction you had to that, but I see, I see where you're coming from. I absolutely see where you're coming from. I just didn't have quite that kind of reaction. I felt like it was played for laughs with the, with the immediate shot with his friends grinning at him from the VW bug, right? Yeah, Uh, apparently that was actually, um, if you watch Bucky moving, Sebastian Stan couldn't keep a straight face while they were filming that. So they had to move his head to the side. Uh huh. Do you see that? Ma- you see a massive grin on his face as he's moving towards the other side of the car. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I just remember. I remember the Falcon, Sam, better. The look, <laughs> it's kind of that shit grin on his face, like. <laughs> um, but I mean, he would be. Truthfully, he would be the one who would probably laugh so much because he, yeah, he's the modern day pal of Steve Rogers, so he sees the. He's probably like, dude, you need to, you need to have a girlfriend. You need to go on a date. So, um, I, yeah, I didn't have quite that same visceral reaction, but yeah, it wasn't, I could forget about it. And the bottom line is you're right. It was not integral to the plot. It was not necessary. And that's not really how you should do this. So Anyway, all right, let's move on a little bit maybe to some of our what might have been. And it's another one with Steve. Um, Of course. Because he deserves to be happy. Because Steve. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Captain Rogers, I I brought this one up because I, in my head, low key ship these two. And it's (laughs) Natasha and Steve. And to be fair, I would absolutely not ship them if. Nat and Clint were a thing, but they sabotaged that ship. They torpedoed it. So anyway, to me, they seem to have the perfect work spouse relationship. And he's talking to her about the bullet wound she has. Just, you know, he shot me, shot my 
Shatma Protecti threw me, so bye-bye bikinis. And he's like, oh, I bet you look so bad at them when he's looking at that bullet scar. I like to die when he said that because it was just, <laughs> to me, it was just funny. And I was like, okay, that's that's good. It, it didn't have to be anything, and it wasn't anything, but I would have liked to have seen something. And, I mean, I, I get Well, you did get nothing. to see them kiss. You did. And... And it was cute. It was it was better than the Agent 13 kiss. Well, anything's better than the Agent 13 kiss. No, but seriously, wasn't it better than the Agent 13 kiss? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there was a purpose to it. It had a part in the plot. And he actually, you can tell that he cares for her, even uh-huh. if it is just because they work together uh-huh. and they work together really closely. But he cares for her. Yeah, and they and are I think friends. She, um, and she yeah. understands him. And the other thing is, have you noticed she's with him uh, in Civil War, which to me is really kind of interesting because not that not that there was a relationship implied there, but it's interesting to me that with Civil War, she's like, I told you I'd help you find him. I didn't tell you I'd help you catch him. Yeah. And and so it's very clear to me that her loyalty is to Steve Rogers, not to not to, you know, Tony Stark not to some accords or whatever. So she's being the ultimate spy in a lot of ways where she's like, and she's his friend. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I love a good friends to lovers trope. So there you go. That's my little, (laughs) (laughs) is that your hit? Is that your plot, your plot idea for end game? Hey, if I can't, if I can't, if I can't have Nat with Clint, who she's supposed to be with, um, yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to tell you the tragic storyline from one of the comics then. (laughs) Well, it doesn't really have a place here, so let's discuss it later. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I'm going to hate that movie regardless. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Well, the next one that we were looking at was Bruce Banner and Betty Ross. Uh Her dad's in it. Her dad is the bad guy. General Ross is in it all the way through. He's in all of the... Main, he's got a large role to play in Civil War, in the Incredible Hulk movies, which are apparently one of them is supposed to be the timeline of the MCU. Yet Betty Ross has vanished from Bruce's memory somehow. Mm-hmm. It's as though she didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And if she did exist, she doesn't actually, she isn't worth a mention. Mm-hmm. Which is, for me, that is one of the reasons why the Brutasha thing was out of left field mm-hmm. because they could have brought Betty Ross back into it, played by Jennifer Connelly, Liv Tyler or somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they could have given him a reason to come back mm-hmm. to actually want to come back mm-hmm. because clearly Natasha wasn't a strong enough reason for him to want to come back to earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was held prisoner, but he was, he wasn't, a, she wasn't a strong enough reason for him to come back, but there was, there's been no mention of Betty Ross yet. She plays such an important role mm-hmm. in his character development. If you watch the TV shows, read the original comic books, or think about the original, the um, two previous films, Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why that is. So that is, a, for me, a big what could have been. They mm-hmm. could have brought her into it. She's a very, very strong, very intelligent character. And they've completely discarded her as though she's irrelevant. And that annoys me. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. See, I don't know anything about the Hulk um, and and his, his relationships because I just, it's not been my focus. So... I, I I think that's a shame because I I could get behind a relationship like that, whereas I can't get behind Bertasha because it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't work in my head. It doesn't work in my head. Okay. So I think we've covered the MCU as near as we can, and we've been at this for an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... We and we were going to actually tackle the, um, we were going to look at the Marvel MCU adjacents as well. So I'm so glad that we decided against that. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have pulled that off. So, <laughs> anywho. All right. Well, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to listen to us chit chat about the Marvel MCU romantic relationships who did we miss who do you wish we talked about and um let us know maybe on twitter 
Or we have a blog now. Ray, yep. what is our blog? Our blog address is romancenotdead.wordpress.com. Okay. Um, it's there's only one piece there right now, but you can contact us through the form there. You can post comments on the pieces that we're writing. Um, there's only one there right now, but this, to be fair, it was only launched yesterday. Um, also, a link to our Twitter is on there, so if you want to <laughs> nice. do that, or you can comment down below beneath the podcast itself. Mm-hmm. Because we love to hear from people. And if you've got any feedback, comments, suggestions, anything like that, just make them, make sure the language is nice and clean. But you can make them and we'll really look forward to hearing from you. Okay. Um, If you've not picked up a copy of Ransom, it is available on Kindle and other, I guess, electronic outlets. I'm not sure how easy it would be to find it in a hard copy. But if you get your hands on it, read along with us and we'll be discussing Ransom by Julie Garwood next week. And I would like to just sign off now and tell you happy reading. Ray, what would you like to say? Anything? Yep, go and seek your happy ever after. Wonderful. I like it. All right. (laughs) Remember, folks, romance isn't dead. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.